Hello and welcome to the final whistle with me, Daniel Watson, looking back at Wednesday's disappointing 2-1 defeat at Tynecastle. Coming up in this episode, James, Danny and myself discuss the match and we have post-match reaction from Neil Lennon. But first, let's remind ourselves of the action with Hibs TV's Cliff Pike and Danny Gobraith. Well defended by Hibs, Milinkovic. Neesmith forward, chance here for Lafferty. He's inside the 18-yard box and he puts the ball into the back of the net. It's Kyle Lafferty. Lewis Stevenson got the wrong side of him. Lafferty was able to poke the ball with his left foot beyond Ophir Marciano. And against the run of play, after 25 minutes, Danny Hearts have the lead. Yeah, just a mix-up there. Allowed Lafferty in just to sort of toe-poke it past Marciano. Ball out of nothing, really disappointing one from a Hibs point of view, but what it all to do now. Control, Stevenson picks up again, he's caught. Craig Thompson points to the penalty spot. Lewis Stevenson got himself into the 18-yard box. Scott Allen had got the ball caught under his feet, but it broke into the path of Lewis Stevenson, and he was caught. Canberry against McLaughlin, right-footed. Scores! Straight down the middle as John McLaughlin dives to his left-hand side. And three minutes into the second half, Hibs are level in this Edinburgh derby. The penalty converted by Flo Camberry. That's just the start Hibs would have wanted, Danny. Absolutely perfect start. No, great play by Stevenson initially to win the ball back, drive 50 yards, good ball into Allen, and you know, just not giving up on the second ball. And no, perfect start. Only three minutes gone in the second half, and it's game on now. And Lewis Stevenson getting forward into the opposition penalty area. Danny, as you see, he was maybe a wee bit cute, but he was certainly caught. Craig Thompson had a long look at it, pointed to the spot. Cochrane floats the ball in. It's headed into the back of the net by Stephen Naismith. Cochrane went short to the edge of the six-yard box. Glancing header from Naismith. Beats off here, Marciano all ends up. And after 57 minutes, the home side had the lead again. Hearts 2, Hibs 1. Right, um sitting in a now quiet in Castle Park Danny and James are with me um, I mean Pibs have lost seconds now out of the equation um, disappointing result but I think the message first and foremost has to be for fans to wake up realise that we're still 17 points clear there's still a very outside chance of third there's still a good chance of Europe given the Scottish Cup final and um, aye this got to keep the positives going into the last game against Rangers Danny I think so I mean it's always easy to get emotional after a derby and you know think your whole world's caved in but you know at the end of the day you'll say to any you know Hibs fan before the end of the season listen you're going to have a chance of Europe going into the last game you'll be 17 points ahead of Hearts and you take that snap their hand off I mean uh, it's disappointing that you know this was the game that really could have uh, put Hibs in a great chance of getting second spot um, but I think if you know, you look at the season as a whole. If, if this defeat had come six weeks ago, and you know Hibs had recovered to go into the last game against Rangers, you know, still uh, mathematically possible of finishing third. It's been a good season, so it's important not to let this uh, sort of you know overshadow the the great season that the team have had. I mean, it is what it is. You know, any derby defeat um, is disappointing, and, and every derby win is you know the best feeling in the world. Um, but I mean, as Danny says, you know, there's absolutely no point in letting this you know cloud what has been a fantastic season for Hibs um, I've been quite surprised by you know not necessarily from Hibs fans but from fans of other clubs who've already been sort of branding this season a failure because we now can't get second um, which is absolute nonsense you know um, I mean fourth place having just come up from the championship is 
it's a brilliant result. Um, there's a very slim chance we can get into third. There's a uh, slightly bigger chance we might get European football. Obviously, you know, losing a derby is disappointing, but it's not the end of the world for us. And, you know, I'm sure Noel Lennon will say what he has to say tonight. Um, I'm sure it'll be drummed into the players tomorrow in the training ground and then you know, all focus moves to, to a big game on, on Sunday against Rangers where it is just you know go and give the fans something to cheer about to end the season Yeah um, you saying that kind of puts me in mind Neil Lennon said that he didn't want this club to be all about derby victories anymore I was just going to say that Yeah he wanted it to be about more than that and yeah. in the grand scale of things it is about more than that um, and we go into this Rangers game the pressure's off and I suppose that we can take the shackles off and, and show what we're truly capable of. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, to sort of take this wider, our destiny isn't sort of defined by, you know, performances of other teams. Um, it has to be on us, and that's really sort of the only way you can look at it. Um, you know, we have another tough game on Sunday against Rangers. The best way to approach it now is just another game because it is just another game. In the same way that this was just another game, um, it's obviously disappointing. It's disheartening. I'm sure there'll be plenty of, I hate the word banter, but plenty of banter between uh, Hibs and Hearts fans in the offices all across Edinburgh tomorrow. I mean, that'll go away. You know, All uh, all Hibs fans have to do is have a quick look at the league table and I'm sure that'll... Uh... I think the most important thing is that, you know, from a Hibs point of view, they need to get out the mentality that success is gauged on what Hearts do or don't do. Um, I think Neil Lennon has, has spoke a lot about that, that, you know, what matters, what happens in these games, you know, that that's not the be-all and end-all for his point of view. It's where he wants to take the club, and you no, know, Hibs in a good place just now. They've had a, a really positive season, uh, back up in in the top flight, um, and going into Sunday, which will be another massive game um, against Rangers. There's there's still a lot to be positive about. Yeah, so to take it right back to the beginning to go over this game, um, one change for Hibs. Brandon Barker came in for Jamie McLaren. I thought with the addition of Barker, we seem to kind of changed the shape for the first time probably for the first time since we lost here in the cup game um, we started 4-2-3-1 um, I can understand the reasoning he's obviously wanting Barker and Boyle to, to go at the, the Hearts full backs um, but in hindsight is it a, a gamble that didn't pay off for Neil Lennon? Yeah, it could be said because they never won the game um, unfortunately there's, there's there's more to winning a game on whether he you know, played the right system or not I think uh, both Barker and Boyle Look very effective early doors. Um, they got a lot of the ball, and the, uh, Barker especially was positive. Couple of shots, um, well saved by McLaughlin. Um, and it was a massive blow. Boyle going off. I mean, Boyle was was perhaps quiet, and then Barker, but he just offers that threat wide on the right, and you know he kept Mitchell pinned back, and he, he has that outlet and has been that outlet for the majority of the season for Hibs. Um, I don't think you can underestimate, you know, the blow with him going off. Um, the second half, I felt that they had to change the shape because. You know, playing Scott Allen wide on the right, you know, doesn't play to his strengths. They did uh, going back to the back three with, or back five, whatever way you want to look at it, with the, the two wing backs and uh, getting Allen back in the middle. And, and they they looked like they were you know a good shape about the team again. Got the early goal, and you know to be honest, the momentum had swung so much that you could only really see one team uh, looking to put press on and and you know win the game, as so often happens, a sucker punch from a probably needless free kick wide on the right you know it, it wasn't even a, a great delivery but you know Naismith got his head on it and in fairness was a great header into the, into the far corner I mean it's it's one of those where 
you know, you look at it and you look at the shape that's really been working um, for us since, I mean, effectively since January, since that, um, like you say, since the cup game and since the defeat at Parkhead, um, since the likes of Scott Allen, Jamie McLaren, Logan Berrier coming into the club. It was a, t- a tactical decision because, you know, Neil Lennon believes and Neil Lennon, you know, wants us to go for it. Then, then that's fine. I thought it was slightly harsh, perhaps, to, to drop Jamie McLaren. Um, didn't have his best game against Aberdeen at the weekend, but I think he's been a fantastic addition to the squad. Um, a tactical gamble, I'm not sure about, but we, there was an understanding today that you know, for us to have a transformation second, we had to go for it. I felt we kind of went more attacking than, than we usually do, despite the fact that you know we had less out-and-out strikers on the pitch. It's one of those where it's not quite happened uh, tonight, but you know we definitely have sort of the the talent and the potential in the squads to to change things about a bit. Yeah, I mean, Danny, you touched on already. Hibs absolutely flew out the traps. Um, Dan McGregor had a header just over the bar from a free kick. McGinn then had an effort from a free kick that kind of went high, wide, and mighty. But Barker and Boyle were causing problems. Barker especially. He had a brilliant run early on within the first 15 minutes. Took got beyond maybe three or four men. His shots blocked in the end. Scott Allen then has a, a shot comfortably saved, and I think it, it's easy to forget now. But Hibs really were so dominant in that opening 15, 20 minutes with those two causing lots of problems. That's probably the best I've seen Hibs start a game at Tynecastle for a long time. You know, they came. You could see from the from the the minute the teams were, were named how Hibs were going to play. They were going to be positive. They were going to attack, and they were on the front foot from the beginning. Um, the game after around 15 minutes seemed to you know, become a bit scrappy and there was a, a lot of fouls and ultimately that's when uh, when Hart scored their goal. It was a bit of a, a mix-up or hesitation at the back. It allowed Lafferty in and you know, in fairness to Lafferty, he's got the goal so far this season. Um, it's just frustrating when you know you have such a good start that you know you don't capitalise on it. I think you know, the interesting thing is that Hearts game plan isn't ever going to change. You know they they have the same sort of style of playing, um, regardless of who the manager is, regardless of who the players are. Um, you know what you're going to get from it. I think kind of Hibs tend to have this sort of mentality about them that every time you know we come at Tynecastle we have to play a slightly different way in an attempt to combat that. Um, the first 15 minutes were really encouraging. You know we know the sort of the pace that we have in the team, the likes of, of Martin Boyle and Brandon Barker getting forward. Um, you know the centre half pairing that Hearts had of, of Beda and Hughes are not quick. Um, you thought if you saw sort of Martin Boyle was trying to kind of almost kind of come inside and Brandon Barker as well were trying to come inside as much as possible. Um, it was an attempt to get one on one with those two worked a few times. Um, and you know Barker in particular sort of, I thought started the game really well. I thought Hearts actually did quite well to kind of mark Martin Boyle as much as possible. Um, in the end, he does get a couple of kind of half. Uh, half runs at the heart's defence but you're right it was a, a very encouraging start yeah and uh, I think you could almost pinpoint the moment where it, it did start to get scrappy as you've mentioned Danny there was a, a moment where McGinn looked like he was sort of manhandled but Adow spends about 30 seconds trying to pick him up and drag him along the deck right up the other end Lafferty gets booked for a shocker of a tackle on Lewis Stevenson uh, in my opinion it could have been a red but a do we think a yellow was a fair one for that? I probably do think a yellow was a fair one, yeah. I think, uh, in fairness, I've not seen it back. At the time, my initial reaction was a yellow, I think, because of the game, because of the, the fans of both sides want blood. You know, sometimes these things kind of uh, blow over and get a bit out of control. But no, I think but you might look back and perhaps it was worse than, than, than what I certainly initially thought. Um, 
but you know, like you say, it's a strange, strange moment in a game when uh, Hearts have got the ball and Adele's still actually trying to pick John McGinn up bizarre, um, right? after they'd went around, uh, you know, making foul after foul. I so didn't think it was Adele involved in the initial challenge. No, it wasn't. No, um, but so yeah, it gets a bit scrappy from there, and then the 25 minute mark, Hibs maybe afford, well, they do afford a little bit too much space in the outside of the box. Lewis Stevenson, very, very uncharacteristic of him. He kind of falls asleep, whether it's just the crowd noise that he doesn't hear a shout, Kyle Lafferty goes in just behind him and semblance of credit, it's, it's a tidy finish. Yeah, it is. You know, it's a, it is a good finish for Lafferty. He, he is a good finisher. Um, even saw that at the weekend with his, you know, you kind of get two sides of the, the coin. It's a particularly scrappy finish, which he does manage to get into the corner and his goal against Celtic at the weekend is a, a great strike and leaves um, Scott Bain with absolutely no chance. It is uncharacteristic of Lewis, with, uh, particularly this season, uh, where I think he's been absolutely fantastic. Um, and, and particularly in the second half of the season, um, I think his performances in, in the second half of the season have been up there with the best in his career. Um, it's one of those where it, you're right in kind of what you say, where the game does start to get scrappy. And I think when it does start to get scrappy like that, Hearts are always going to have the advantage. That you know, goal, the ball through, I think it's from Naismith, it's actually not a bad ball through. But the way that Naismith actually gets the ball is it's about four or five players trying to kick it at the same time. It breaks him. Lafferty gets in behind and he goes in the back of the net. And I mean, at that point, you know, Hearts are coming back into the game, but they certainly weren't you know, the better side. And they didn't, I don't think, look more likely to score um, up until obviously, you know, they do. And, and that's what derbies so often turn on. No, I think, you know, going back to, to Lewis especially, I don't know. Nobody would be more disappointed than him tonight. You know, if anybody deserves a break, it's, it's Lewis Stevenson. Um, you know, he's, as he's rightly said, his performances this season have been up there with the best in his career. He's, you know, arguably one of the most consistent players week in, week out. Um, just disappointing that you know that maybe the, the one time he switches off is in such a big game. Um, but like I said, there'll be nobody hurting more than him tonight, and I've absolutely no doubt that uh, he'll more than make up for it um, somewhere down the line. Yeah, and to be fair, he, he made up for it right at the start of the second half by, by winning the penalty, but we'll, we'll get on to that as well. Um, at that point when Hearts get the goal, I'm starting to feel like this the the, sh- the formation isn't really working. Flo Camberry seems like the, the loneliest man in Tynecastle all of a sudden. Um, they've obviously got the momentum. Hearts go close again when Cochrane has a shot deflected wide. Um, I think Milinkovic again just got ahead of Stevenson to set that one up. And then there's, uh, with Dylan coming on, it, it could have forced the change in, in shape that Hibs were maybe needing. I can see why you're saying that, but I think McGeoch should have played from the start. You know, I, th- I think I think you're right in saying yeah. that. You know, obviously <laughs> the manager's paid to make these calls, but you know, I, I don't think you can leave a player as good as McGeoch, especially in a game like this when you need somebody who is able to just take the sting out of the game, get his foot on the ball, make passes, and you know, just do the simple things like you know, find find a green shirt, which which was lacking tonight. Um, I think having the two of them on the park would certainly uh, be more beneficial than, than one or the other. I certainly think you know there had to come a point where one of the wingers had to come off. Um, it's obviously not the circumstances that we want either to see either player come off. You know, obviously a tactical decision. Then fair enough. Um, hopefully Martin Boyle's injury isn't too bad. We did see him sort of um, about yeah, two or three minutes ago, kind of limping yeah. um, slightly behind the team doctor um, out of Tynecastle. So I'm sure we'll uh, be updated with that later in the week, but. Um, I think a change of shape was needed 
I can obviously understand the concern with Dylan McGeoch at the moment. Um, he's playing with a protective mask on, and he's obviously had his his injury over the past couple of weeks. And uh, you know, I guess there was a bit of concern over aggravating that injury. Um, but I think it was clear that a change was needed, and that getting Dylan on was going to be a, a positive. Um, more reaction with James and Danny shortly, but let's hear the post-match thoughts of Neil Lennon speaking with Cliff on Hibs TV. It's never nice losing a derby, particularly one where there was so much riding on it. Sum up your feelings of tonight. A disappointment. Just the manner of the goals, really. I can't believe we've lost the goal at set play. So that's that's our fault. You know, we worked on them yesterday. Got to be switched on. And the first goal's a joke from our point of view. Should be dealt with. I don't know what we're thinking of. Unprofessional tonight, Cliff. Look at the pitch. The pitch is perfect, but it's hard underneath. And you've got, when you've got moisture on top of the pitch, it becomes slippy if you haven't got the right footwear on. First five minutes, we had three or four players slipping over under no pressure. So straight away, they put themselves under pressure because they don't put the right footwear on. I can't believe it. The last thing I said, them going out, make sure you have the right footwear. They've been out warming up on it. So it... It unsettles you. It's not good enough. On a game of this magnitude as well. What they're thinking of, I don't, we didn't defend well enough at times. And then we had great chances to equalise and we just didn't show any composure. You know, the last person you want the chance to fall to is Darren. But we threw him in there to just, you know, upset the apple cart, you know, heel Mary type thing. And it's a great chance and unfortunately, you know, he's not the most sure-footed, we know that. If it had failed anyone else, we'd have been looking at 2-2. So the difference between the teams is a set play, and that's our fault. You shook things up as well. You put Jamie McLaren on in place of Paul Hanlon. What was the thought behind that one? Well, Paul struggled. You know, he won't get in, and you know, he he loses the flight of the ball, then he gives a free kick away. It's on, you know, it's not like him. So their thinking's not right, and we needed a goal, so we needed to rejig things a bit. It's disappointing, but it shouldn't really. I, I know it's difficult to say this at this point in time, but it shouldn't take the shine off what the, the shine off what has been a great season for us. We're not out of third place. It's going to take a big, big win against Rangers. Do we go for it on Sunday? No, we'll go for it. Yeah, but we need a ten goal swing, so it's going to take a hell of an effort. But we'll we will endeavour to do that. We'll have a big crowd and um, another exciting game to look forward to. And. Um, try and finish the season with a flourish frustrating as you say but you know, if we'd been offered fourth place at the start of the season sure you would have taken it I know it's easy to say now that that's where we're going to finish potentially but uh, we would have taken it at the start of the season nah it's not good enough for me no, no. you know I, minimum third but um, if you look over the piece you know since the second half of the season we've been brilliant first half of the season we played well but we threw away too many games there was too many draws you know that's our seventh defeat in the season, which, you know, second best to Salt Lake. So we must have done something right. However, we're just lacking, you know, a little. Well, we were certainly just lacking first half of the season, but this, this second half of the season has been very, very... The players can be proud of themselves, but they'll have regrets about tonight. Yeah. Frustrating as well, you said, we've discussed this before, you look back on games like the Motherwell game, we were 2 nothing up at Easter Road, Dundee... To be fair, they've all come in the first half of the yeah. season, you know, and we made the changes and... You know, they've definitely enhanced the slate, you know, so. But fourth is a bit of an anti-climax, so we'll have to go and try and win 5-0. Fair enough. So for next season, obviously, you'll want to improve upon that. 
does the, the work start towards next season effectively now? Well, the work has started, yeah. I hate ask, answering questions on next season because, you know, I try to live in the present. There's work going on behind the scenes. So, and my whole focus has been on these four or five games. We knew, I knew really deep down we needed to win four. So we're just going to come up a bit short. And we've had opportunities, Cliff. Should have won the game on Saturday. Should have got something out of the game tonight, even though you know Hearts didn't let us play, like which is their to their credit. But uh, I'm really disappointed with the the manner of the goals and some of the senior players' performances tonight. Hibs came out three five two in the second half. Wetka went to a right wing back. Stevenson stayed in the left. Barker went up front, um, and within two minutes, um, the, the change of shape. Obviously, Stevenson had that freedom to burst down the left-hand side. Danny James and I discussed that game a few weeks ago, just how much of an attacking threat he's become to us. It's as if he's added that little bit extra to his game in terms of delivery and crossing, and it's his persistence that, that draws out the penalty. Yeah, I think um, with the wing-backs you know, becoming a, a favourite system for the, for the team, if you're playing that position, you have to offer something going forward. You know, um, When you're playing it as a full-back, you know, your, your job is to defend. You know, Playing in that wing-back position, you, you need to be equally as effective both ways, and you know, that's definitely something that you know, Lewis has, has improved on. And Like we spoke about, his performances have, have been brilliant in uh, the second half of the season. And, no, it's it's uh, the tenacity that he has that you know wins the ball back initially that you know he's always had um, and and just never given up after uh, Alan lost the ball he was there to pick up on the second ball and and win the penalty and you know get Hibbs off to the, the perfect start in the second half. I think what's particularly impressive is how quickly he's adapted to that role because um, you know when you think about his, his career as a whole he hasn't been playing as a wing back for the whole time he's been playing as a wing back for a relatively short period of that um, and I think he, he kind of saw sort of a microcosm of that tonight um, he's, he's burst into the box he's almost the second runner if you like um, you know he kind of I think Adao wins the ball back from is it Barker I think it's in there um, initially but you know as soon as Stevenson's bursting in um, he's under pressure he has to do something with it he takes a swing at the ball he doesn't get it he gets from well from what we see he gets Lewis Stevenson looked like a penalty from our angle um, and obviously you know we haven't seen it back and I would like to see it back but yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it's testament to Lewis that he's you know able to pick himself up after that first goal and and get right back at it. Yeah, and I think I've just said that in the first half, Flo was the the loneliest man at Tynecastle, and then he became the coolest man. It's, it's a great penalty to just slot it away. You've already touched on the momentum shift at that point. That the Hibs fans are kind of almost drawn the team towards them for the following ten minutes, and then there's a, a long ball comes over. Paul Hanlon, he lets it bounce and then I don't know if it's just because he's let that bounce that there's a, a moment of uncertainty he brings down Lafferty, you've already said Danny, it was kind of a daft free kick to give away James, you and I listed all the, yeah. <laughs> in the most Hibs fan way, we listed all the things that could potentially have gone wrong with that free kick, mm. but Stephen Naismith getting a free header wasn't one of them No, and I think what we saw tonight from Hearts was a lot of um, their set pieces. They had a series of corners in the second half. We had about four or five corners in a row, and every single corner was different. Um, It was different players kind of making the runs to the front post. It was different players pulling off at the back post. Um, Obviously, they are a team that's set up to score goals from set pieces, um, which, you know... If that's the way that Craig Levine wants to set up his team, then then that's fine. You know, there's I'm not one of the people who kind of you know objects to teams not coming out and playing 150 passes before they put the ball in the net. Um, on the flip side of that, Stephen Naismith is about five foot seven, 
um, wearing high heels, I think. So the fact that he's able to kind of ghost in at the front post and, and get ahead on the ball, it's, it's a good free kick from Cochrane, to be fair. It's whipped in um, really well, but it's disappointing to see kind of Naismith get across like that. And it is a good header, he's directed right into the bottom corner. Um, but yeah, it's, it's disappointing in a way to, or a disappointing way to lose a goal. Yeah, I think you more or less summed it up there. Just, uh, I mean, in, in these games when they're so tight, it really comes down to who takes their chances, you know. <laughs> Both spells when, when Hearts scored their goals were, were perhaps period where Hibs were on top and that is the difference, you know, that's that's the fine margins just as, you know, Hibs score, the, the Hibs crowd are going mad, the Hearts fans quieter and you think, here we go, it's the game on now. Uh, well, as you say, needless free kick and, you know, it's just, just a small, small margins that... Uh, Cochrane puts the ball in, and you know <laughs> Naismith manages to to find himself free somehow, and and you know ultimately makes Hibs pay, and uh, and the big games that you just can't afford to switch off at, at the key moments, and I think that's probably what cost Hibs tonight. Yeah, I mean the, the Hearts regaining the lead, um, they obviously just start to sit back as you would expect. Hibs change shape again. Um, Paul Hanlon's replaced by Jamie McLaren. Hibs seem to go 4-4-2 at this point briefly. Um, Hanlon, are we thinking that he's taking a knock? Because as we kind of discussed it after after the match had finished, I can understand you make the sacrifice with taking a defender off, but if you're chasing and you're needing a bit of composure kind of to start an attack in the Hearts half, Paul Hanlon would maybe be one you would want to keep on? I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, that... The worrying thing for me is it didn't look like he had a knock. You know, I don't think he would hobble off if he did, but um, hopefully he did have a knock because that would explain things. Um, otherwise, you know, you would you would have to say that it was a it was a gamble that never paid off. And you know, it, it was strange for especially us uh, watching the game in the commentary team to to see you know the captain come off, especially as you say, um, the the one player probably in the back line that that has the ability to, to drive out from the back and you know when you're chasing a game here you know hearts are going to sit deep and you're, you're going to have a lot of ball um, in your own half so um, I think he out of the you know the back three that were on the pitch would have been the most comfortable at beginning the attacks. I think it is an odd substitution um, I'm sure you know Neil has his, his reasons for it um, again you know it could be that Paul has, has taken a knock but you know I think kind of looking at the three who were playing centre half at that point sort of, sort of F.A. Um, Paul Hartland and Darren McGregor. I don't think Darren McGregor had his best game tonight, um, in my view. Um, certainly not. I thought, you know, defensively, I thought he did okay, but his passing at times and, you know, his or his ability in general, I think, to kind of bring the ball out for the back probably isn't quite as strong as, as FA or Paul's. Um, so I was a bit surprised in that aspect. Obviously, at that point as well, I think Stephen Whitaker's been booked and he's been moved to right wing back. Um, in which case, if you're going to go for it at the back, then I mean, surely sort of dragging Effie over to to the right and having Paul Hanlon, Darren McGregor, in centre half, replacing Whitaker with McLaren is the way to go. Again, you know, it's a tactical gamble, and the, you know the reason Neil Lennon is in the job that he's in is because he's you know, a good football manager, and um, so I'm sure he has his reasons for it. But it will be interesting to see over the next three or four days, you know, if it does emerge that Paul Hanlon's got an injury. Um, if it does emerge that it was a, a tactical gamble, but at the time it, it seemed like a very sort of odd change to make. Yeah, so we're 4 4 2 within about, it couldn't have been any more than five minutes. We bring on Slivka for Scott Allen, and we then change again to 4 3 1 2. Slivka makes an immediate impact, a, a brilliant surging run. Um, he slips in Brandon Barker, should have taken it first time, takes a touch, it ends up going out for a goal kick, and at that point I think Barker injures himself. And we've used all our subs, and we're effectively a man down because Brandon's kind of 
a lonely figure in the middle of the park. I think I think what we saw in, in the first half with Brandon Barker playing on the left-hand side was kind of indicative of that. Um, you know, as soon as he got the ball on the left, he was cutting inside and he was trying to hit it with his right foot. Um, you know, he's obviously not quite as strong on his left as he is on his right. So when Slivka's kind of surging through there and, and the pass is on to, to Barker, he slips it in. I can understand Barker not wanting to take it first time on his left foot um, and, and you know, wanting it to come on a slightly better angle for his, his foot to connect with the ball. But at the same time, you know, in games like this, you kind of have to just take that chance. Um, it was probably a good angle for a shot. You know, McLaughlin basically has to make a decision whether he's going to cover his near post or his far post there. And obviously, you know, you don't want to say to players, just blast it. But in that situation, you are thinking if he gets as much power behind it first time as he can, um, you know, there's a chance it's going to go in. There's a chance it's going to spin off someday and go in. Um, on the flip side of that, I'm not a professional footballer. You yeah. know, um, I'm not playing at that speed. Um, I've not played at a game that speed. I've not been in that situation. Um, I'm not holding out hope that it's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, so, you know, you can kind of understand this trepidation wanting to take it first time. As a fan watching it, you're kind of screwing for them to do that. Well, we can't ask a professional footballer, thankfully. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, I think. Um I think that's probably the one criticism maybe people have had of Barker, just that that final decision when he's got the ball, whether it's a you know a pass across or um, or, or, or a shot, you know, because you can see he's got electric pace, he's got the ability to get himself in these positions, you know, numerous times this season I remember him being one on one with the goalkeeper, and you know that's just he's a young player, you know that's the thing, uh, you get these players on loan for the big clubs because they're not the finished article. If he was, you know, he'd be playing in the Premier League. Um, that, yeah. No, that that's the difference. He's here to learn his trade, and I think he'll be disappointed because it probably was set up for him to, you know, hit it first time, and his, his touches took him a bit a bit wide and uh, forced him to to stretch uh, when he when he did manage to pull the trigger. Um, but no, listen, uh, the the thing for him is he's getting himself in these positions, and you know, I think. Uh, Maybe not to him's benefit. That is something that you know he will improve throughout his career. Yeah, and uh, so the game kind of Hibs only have a couple of half chances between then and the, the final whistle. Um, McLaren came close, but there was a loose ball at a corner. He just couldn't get a foot onto it. Um, and then deep, deep in injury time, Vikanta Slivka just to take a moment to praise the magnificent composure. Because at a moment where everyone's launching everything forward, Slivka takes the most composed first touch to ghost past the defender a first touch that he has no right to take uh, Flo Camberry's on the turn and it just summed up Hibbs luck Camberry he, all he can do is swing at it on the turn and it it goes kind of it's not close but it's not a million miles off no I mean it was uh, it was one of those those moments where you, you feel like it's a chance but looking back you know, I've seen that actually on the, the monitor afterwards, afterwards it, you know, it's, it's a half chance at best he's facing his own goal and you know he's just trying to get something on it and ultimately it kind of goes well wide of the target but you know, as it turned out that, that really was the, the last chance for Hibs I mean, those kind of chances are always 50-50 you know, particularly at that stage of the game but I think we're into like the six minutes any time at that point um, you just have to swing something at it you just have to pick a corner and go for it um, he has it's not quite happened but yeah I mean that was kind of you, you felt that was going to be the, the last chance for us yeah so final whistle goes a, a disappointing result but next up it's Rangers on Sunday this is a game that's been sold out for about three four weeks now um, alright seconds gone there's still a slim chance of a third um, stranger things have happened and even then alright it's, it's a huge ask but there's a chance for a, a Hibs crowd to celebrate what's been a fantastic season yeah well, I mean uh, 
I think you go and beat Rangers on the last day, whether it's by a goal or whether it's by six goals, you know, it's worth celebrating. It's a good way to end the season, and no matter who you're playing, it's a game you want to win. But I think, uh, especially over the last few years, there's been quite a, a nice rivalry that's picked up between the two clubs, and oh, especially Neil Lennon, I'm sure he'll be absolutely desperate to, to get the victory to, to end the season at home on a high. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's... I mean, any win against Rangers is a great win against Rangers in, in my book. Um, it doesn't matter if it's 1-0, 5-0, 10-0. Um, I'd prefer 10-0, given the options there. But, you know, it's it's a chance to basically send the fans off happy, you know, for the, the summer, regardless of, you know, what happens in the game, what happens in the Scottish Cup final the week after that. It kind of doesn't matter. Um, you know, if we go out there in front of a 20,000 crowd and win 1-0 and play Rangers off the park... You know that 18,000 Hibs fans will be there, um, will stay behind and applaud the team off the park. Similarly, you know if we go out, um, out all guns blazing, and it doesn't quite happen for us. The fans are still going to stay. You know it's it's still been a remarkable season. It's still been a fantastic achievement for this club to be sitting in fourth place, in with a chance of Europe, um, at this stage of the season, having just come up from the Championship. And it's you know testament to how far that both the players on the pitch the coaching staff on the sidelines and those you know working in the boardroom have taken the club in the past you know a relatively short period of time four or five years um, from from where we were you know tumbling out of the the Premier League um, or the Premiership um, in 2014 um, to now potentially having the return to Europe that I think everybody feels we deserve and you know feels we've earned so that'll do us for this week's episode. Subscribe now to Radio Hibs through SoundCloud or iTunes to ensure you never miss a show. Extended highlights from Wednesday are now available should you wish to watch them, and indeed from all this season's other games, as well as a huge archive of other classics all on Hibs TV. Next up, it's Rangers in the final day at Easter Road on Sunday. Tickets are sold out, but keep an eye on the website for any spares that are being released as the day approaches. As always, the match will be on Hibs TV, with live commentary available for all subscribers and live coverage available for overseas fans. Until then, my thanks to Danny Gobraith and James Delaney for joining me. Thank you for listening, and join us next time for all the aftermath from the Rangers match.